Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the Cold Fusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition. It's August 31st, 2021, and we're up to episode 117. I'm Gavin Pickin, and this week I have Eric Peterson with me. How are you doing, Eric? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Gavin. Yeah, no, no problem. So, we've got a lot of news today. Uh, nope, <laughs> not really. It's been a pretty, pretty quiet week. I'm gonna blame it on back to school. Yeah, it's a good but, excuse. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm gonna be saying we're just getting back into school for the next like month and a half or so. So <laughs> at least, at least until Christmas. <laughs> exactly. And then it will be getting back from Christmas break. Right. Yep. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> overwhelming, but we're doing it. So, yep. Cool. Well, you want to thank our sponsors? Absolutely. Thank you to order solutions, the makers of cold box, command box, forge box, and all the rest of your favorite boxes. You can get back to Order Solutions in a few ways. You can like and subscribe these videos on YouTube. You can join up with CFCast with a paid account and enjoy our new content that is released every week. Right now, you have the awesome opportunity that you can become an Into the Box sponsor. Ooh. Into the Box is coming within a month, and there are still room for some sponsors. You can find out more on intothebox.org. And we have Ordis's latest book, 102 Cold Box Quick Tips and Tricks, up on Gumroad. Very cool. And, of course, we wouldn't be here without our awesome Patreon supporters. So if you want to go over to patreon.com slash Solutions, you can find a good package to, to help support this podcast and all the other Ordis community projects. Um, we'll tell you a little bit more about that at the end of the show. But if you're a bronze supporter or higher, you get some great perks. Uh, and you can actually save annually now as well. So just go on to patreon.com and check that out if you want to financially support Audis as well. Okay. Well, news and events, uh, let's get into it. So, of course, ITB is the big the big one coming here. we got lots of great content. Uh, all the speakers and sessions are up on the site, so we're getting pretty excited about that. Absolutely. You can go check right now which ones that you're going to have to watch later because you ha can't choose between the two of them. <laughs> yep, for sure. So we have uh, two rooms this year. We have Box Trek and Box Wars. So uh, you can pick your pick your flavor. Um, but did, great did they content. put you in the right room, Gavin? I don't know. I, I haven't actually they, looked to see where I'm at put, yet. They put you in the Trek room. They did? Does that fit you? I don't know. Ah, I like I like both to be honest. I'm not one of those people that has to be one or the other. Hey, I can appreciate I can appreciate both. So, yeah, but uh, likewise, a lot of good content there. A lot of good speakers. We're glad to have everybody here speaking. So, yeah, go check that out, and don't forget to pick up your tickets. And yeah, that's coming up very soon. So, if you have yeah, any questions, let us know. Yeah, I know it's a month away, so everyone is freaking out trying to get their stuff uh, written for the <laughs> the conference. Okay. Yeah, at this point, this is more of a reminder for all the speakers. Don't forget, it's less than a month away. <laughs> yep. Okay. Okay. Well, also in case you missed it, we had an orders webinar last week. CB validation with Javier Quintero 
that is now up for free on cfcast.com. You can go check it out there. Very cool. And then uh, let's see. We also uh, have a couple things coming up soon. So we have a Adobe One Day Workshop. Uh, it's going to be a Adobe Cold Fusion workshop, and they're covering a lot of material start to finish. So if you're new to Cold Fusion or you want to learn some more, it looks like a great, great one day workshop. It is in European time, and you can get that uh, on one of the Adobe's websites. I will share that for those watching. So this is the same workshop they just did this last week. They've scheduled another one coming up on September 22nd. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I missed that. So, okay. So they just. Yeah, that's right. August 25th, they had it. I thought it was coming up sooner than that. That's why I double took on the, the date. That's why I sounded <laughs> like an idiot. So, okay. So I guess they had good reception and they're going to do another one in September. So awesome. Yeah. Um, the same day in September, uh, but over in the Pacific time zone, we will have a webinar with Mark Takata, Heads in the Cloud, Installing Cold Fusion on Azure and AWS. So that will be 9 a.m. Pacific time on september 22nd awesome and for those who don't know adobe has been keeping all their um webinar videos up on their cold fusion portal so if you go over to coldfusion.adobe.com and click on webinar you can see uh, a list of their upcoming webinars here so they actually have the workshop and the webinar but you'll see the previous recordings too so there's quite a few here and they they're a little take a little bit of time to get them edited and put out there but there's a lot of good stuff there they do require you to register to view them, but I think it's just an email sign up and, you know, they want to make sure they know who's watching their video so they can follow up with you later, but they're all there. Okay. Uh, speaking of lots of great video content, we have some updates on CFCast for this week. Cool. Cool. We of course have the webinar video that we just talked about on CP validation. As a reminder, that is free. Don't even need to sign up for an account to watch that one. And we have a few more videos in our up and running with quick series, including the step five and six exercises and going over the has many relationship. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to watch the CB validation one. I've been doing a lot of that lately on a couple of projects and starting to get some tricky stuff, you know, like the whole required if and looking at the target object and trying to see if this field is checked, then this one's required. If not, it isn't. And if this is checked, then that's got this value or that value. If it's not, it's this. Yeah, let's get some crazy stuff. But it's really cool when I'm using uh, view the date and I have basically the same, almost the exact same code inside my model as well as my view containers. So it's checking on the client yeah. side and the server side. A couple of slight variations, but it's pretty similar. So it's pretty cool That's to have cool. that. So when I just updated my one of my uh, bits of validation, I didn't change it in the, the object itself and it still gave me an error. So I'm like, uh-huh, double checking. It's good to see. <laughs> so yeah, it's very cool. Okay, so conferences and training so we got one this week huh tomorrow that's and right thursday this is the spring one conference which is uh around the spring java framework and of course built on java there's always a lot we can take and learn from there so you can check that out at springone.io this is free and online yep and it's all of you that uh, are dealing with Hibernate might also be interested because I'm pretty sure I saw a few sessions about using Hibernate. <laughs> so maybe some 
some uh, tips to get you out of um, some sticky situations you may have there. Yep, for sure. And then we have Into the Box coming, as we mentioned, uh, September 23rd and 24th, later this month, uh, live in person in Texas. No workshops, but as we mentioned before, the, sp the speakers and schedule is up online. So intothebox.org, you can get all your information and click register to purchase your ticket. Now, we do have a few questions from people asking, are we going to be live streaming um, the conference? And basically right now uh, with the in-person, we're going to be recording all the sessions to release later. We'll try and live stream the keynotes. Uh, everyone likes to see the keynotes live streamed. But just to make sure the video quality is you know good and solid, we usually like to record it all, then we can touch it up before we release it. So at this time, we're not live streaming all the sessions. Um, but we will be recording them to be uh, watched on CFCast after the fact. So that's the plan as of right now. So, And just a reminder that if you have purchased a ticket to Into the Box, you will get access to th those recordings as part of your ticket. Yep, that's right. So you don't have to worry about missing that hard session that you're up against to... Uh, you know, really hard choices a lot of the time. So, yeah, I really like the fact that we have them now recorded so you can watch them as soon as our editors do their thing. That's right. And um, if you're still conference hungry, comps.tech has you covered with all sorts of different languages. You can see into the box up there right now and uh, find conferences to your heart's content. Yep. And sharing my screen for those who want to see. And they have the in-person and online, online or in-person only. So we added a few filters here to make it better, but uh, you can scroll down and see in lots of different options and locations and languages, etc. So really cool site. And yeah, it's nice to have someplace to go. They used to have a, a site called Lanyard uh, and they used to have all the stuff there and you could go review stuff later. And I don't know what happened to that. I think it shut down and... So it's nice to have somewhere to go find all the tech conferences again. Yeah. Okay. So next up, we have our blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. And it's a pretty short week, like you said. Yeah. In fact, if it wasn't for uh, Mr. Michael Bourne, we might not have anything to talk about right here. Yeah. It's, it's a hard, hard to believe that we have a week where there's no Charlie and there's no Ben. <laughs> it's, it's back to school. No, I no, know. No. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Do either of them have yes. kids at school? I don't think so. That's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. Uh, anyway. You can still use the excuse. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Michael Bourne had a couple of things this week. First up, a blog and post in his continuing series. This one about redirecting the Hibernate logs to the command box console. Ooh. So if you, uh, like us, love using command box for all your server needs, and you check out the command box server log, you would not be seeing all of the hibernate logs going through there, which would be very sad. And so here, Michael takes us through how to configure the hibernate logger to first send debug logs, and then two, to redirect that to the command box log. Um, some pretty neat Java Kung Fu going on here for Michael. So definitely check out the blog post for all those code snippets. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through for those who are watching the video. And uh, yeah, there's quite a lot of stuff there. And, yeah. So I find this interesting because uh, 
<laughs> I, I'm have often thought that Hibernate's error messages leave a lot to be desired, and it looks like it just most of it was being thrown out into some log that never got logged to me. So if this helps you get better information out of Hibernate, let's make this the default. <laughs> yeah, all power to you because you need it. I think yep. it's great when it works. It's just when it doesn't, you're like, uh-oh, now what? Right. Yeah. Man, I've had some weird ones with Hibernate where everything looked like it saved, but after the fact, when you when it flushed it to the database afterwards, it would have an error message at the database level, and it just basically just didn't commit anything. And so you'd think everything was good. You would check them objects in memory. Uh, you know, you assume that they're, if it's in memory and it's working and Hibernate had no problem, it was good. But it would go to the next page and the object would be not saved. And I'd be, it took for the longest time to figure out that basically there was like a length on one of the, the variables that I hadn't set as a maximum length. And if it had too much, it would just basically blow up when it tried to actually save it to the disk. Hmm. But everything in memory looked good. So I was like, <sighs> it was the hardest thing to debug in the world because you basically couldn't debug it in ColdFusion because it wouldn't do, do it until you flushed it. Right. Anyways, sorry. Me just whining about histories and pain points. <laughs> we got time. We got time for you, Gavin. <laughs> and David said in the chat, Hibernate is the most frustrating ORM he's ever used. It's not hard, but uh, how many have you used? I know that transfer was the one that uh, Mark Mandel wrote before Hibernate came in and stuff, and a lot of people used to use that. I didn't actually have any experience beforehand. So, anyways, moving on. What else do we have from Michael? Uh, we have a, a tweet actually, so it's not very long, but it shows a couple of code samples and says it's pretty awesome how simple and powerful integration testing is with Coldbox and Testbox. Are these tests stupidly simple or simply stupid? Um, <laughs> I'm going to go for stupidly simple. Uh, maybe not even stupidly. Beautifully simple. Yeah. Um, I am a big fan of integration tests in general and cold boxes integration tests specifically. There's, there's three lines in each of his tests, and they are testing a whole slew of behavior, which is great in my opinion because if he needs to change the implementation details of anything in there he doesn't have to change his test that's why i like to avoid mocking when all possible because that just means that whenever i change that implementation detail i'm also changing all my tests <laughs> yeah so yeah um we'll have that tweet in the show notes so you, you can check out the code attached and if you too want to write amazing tests like that, you should check out our testing courses on CFCast and also get on the cold box train. Yep, for sure. I mean, we definitely uh, we definitely tie a lot of things into test box that obviously make it work with cold box so much easier. I mean, you can do integration testing with anything, but you know, when you're using a framework, there's little things that happen in the framework that it was hard to mock or hard to test around, and so that's why we spend so much time and build all these little tools into the test box to make it easier for you. So you can do it with anything, but, uh, but yeah, it just makes it easier with cold box. So, okay. So what do we got next? We can talk about the jobs that were posted this week. We have six new jobs this week. Very cool. We have, uh, three in the United States, uh, senior cold fusion developer in, at Windsor Mill, Maryland, Colon, Pennsylvania, 
in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. We have one in Ottawa, Canada, one in London, England, a contract position, and then a junior web developer. I thought that was fun to see junior instead because most of ours say senior yep. in, uh, in India. So those are the six new ones. And of course, there are 178 positions currently on getcfmljobs.com right now. Yeah. Remember, if you want to post, it's free there, but it does scrape most of the major um, providers of jobs out there. Uh, I do like it because I see them pop up on Get CFML Jobs. They usually show up on the CFML and the Cold Fusion hashtags, I believe. So pretty cool to to see those. And you know, I know there's you know a few people still working Cold Fusion, looking for jobs. Uh, it's good to see a good a good number of them showing up there as well. So give you plenty of options still. Okay, well, we are moving along pretty good. So let's take a little bit of time to talk about probably one of your favorite, well, maybe not your favorite thing, but this Forgebox module of the week. Yeah, I I actually was surprised. I don't think we've ever covered this one, um, but I came across it preparing the notes for this. There was a tweet from somebody asking if anybody had made a semantic version library in CFML and before I could jump in, I saw that. I'm like, oh, I know one. I know one. And of course, I jumped in and Brad had already responded. Um, <laughs> and this is the semantic version library by Order Solutions, but mostly by Mr. Brad Wood. And it provides NPM style semantic versioning. Um, in fact, I, it, it here's exactly to the NPM spec if you go over to their website. Let's you see if a version number satisfies a certain range. It lets you compare ranges so you can sort by them. This is what we use at Forgebox to make sure that when you ask to install a package down in command box, we're giving you the, the one that satisfies that range. So, and this is maybe one of the best examples of like the donut reinvent the wheel. Like this is not easy stuff when <laughs> you go look at the spec, especially when you get into pre-release versions. Oh, Those things are are bonkers um <laughs> and so please like you i mean you don't have to use ours but use something <laughs> save yourself all that time ours yeah. is pretty good <laughs> yeah like you said uh, over on simva simver.org they have the semantic versioning specification uh, and then it's pretty detailed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I know, and, and not everybody uses it, just so you know. Sometimes you'll see stuff out there that, that might be Simver-like, but it isn't. And I think Lucy is a perfect example. Of they don't use Simver perfectly. Like, they don't do major, minor patch. I believe theirs is, um, I might get the naming wrong, but it's like paradigm, major, minor kind of thing. Yeah, and they, they, the they do builds with dots instead of pluses or something when they when they make them downloadable or something like that. It's a little different. Yeah. If it's more of the Java versioning pattern than the uh, the NPM style. So Yeah, for sure. But yeah, it's nice. I mean, you got some really nice functions in there, for sure. Brad did a lot of work to get that working. Without it, Forgebox and, uh, and command, command Box's package management would be a nightmare. <laughs> That's right. So, um, one fun extra bit it's not a Forgebox module, but every time we talk about semantic versioning, I think of uh, Postgres 
which has uh, the concept of database extensions that you can install in custom data types. Mm -hmm. So whereas columns can be, you know, integer, varchar, text, all that, you can install your own. And there is a semantic versioning or semver column type you can install. And the main benefit then is you can order by that column type and it will do the correct semantic versioning ordering in the database. That's pretty neat. So plug for Postgres there. Yeah. Postgres got something for everything. I love it. That's true. And then Scott Steinbeck <laughs> will actually be talking about that at uh, into the box. So uh, and he just said, Eric, stop stealing my talking points for the conference. <laughs> I am teasing how amazing Postgres is, and you should come and hear Scott talk about it in detail. Yeah. Me and Scott quite often have a let's talk about Postgres talk. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using Postgres on a couple of projects lately and dealing with all sorts of fun things, and I'm learning about lots of stuff I've never used before. And the cool thing is now I've learned about it, I've realized that, hey, my, my SQL can do some of this stuff too. Not all of it, but some of it. So mm -hmm. uh, expanding my database capabilities. Okay, well, that wraps up our Forgebox module of the week. Now let's talk about our VS Code hint, tip, and trick of the week. And this one's something we actually shared a while ago, but like you mentioned before the show, it's changed a lot, right? Yeah, so back in 2019, we talked about the live share extension from Microsoft. I think uh, it was a beta a, actually at that point too. I think I think you're right. And this was an extension to be able to see the same code in your VS code window as somebody else edit it at the same time, kind of like Google Docs for coding. Well, it's grown a lot since then. And today we're going to link to the extension pack, which includes both live share and a live share audio plugin. Mm. So now you can also share servers via port sharing, like your local servers. You can share your terminal, either read only or read write. You can have chat channels kind of like Slack or audio channels like, like Zoom, because you already are seeing their code, right? So you can do everything. You don't need any other programs running. You can just install live share. They got like a contacts list now. I mean, you never need to leave VS Code. You install that, you install the GitHub extension. Like there's no need for a web browser except to test your website. So. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool. I mean, I really like it. It's definitely come a long way. Uh, it was pretty useful to start with, but it's just getting better and better. So uh, it's definitely very cool. And I even used this in a workshop before. I actually did a live share for people to see my code so they could actually copy paste code and that as I taught the workshop, they were able to like share my code. It was pretty cool, you know, different. So. Yeah, um, my favorite thing about the live share over things like, um, like Zoom or even some pairing programs like uh, Tuple is that it keeps all my settings and shortcuts. <laughs> yeah. So I am very tied to some shortcuts I've configured. And if I ever have to use somebody else's computer, it, I'm so slow. <laughs> and I'm, I'm like bringing up the debug panel on accident because I've switched that shortcut, things like that. And I love that in live share, like their shortcuts are theirs and my shortcuts are mine. And we can all do our favorite things in the code editor and, still and share it. And the sidebars on the right side for you, not the left side. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> yep, that's right. I, I am one of those sidebars on the right people, but everyone can choose. It's beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. 
Yep. Uh, I definitely, definitely recommend that one. It's uh, good. Even if you don't use it all the time, it's still good now and then. I know we were doing it for our, you know, just group sessions. We were basically working with a client and, you know, they would step in and do some queries or we were doing something else. And, you know, we'd have three or four of us on the same call talking stuff through and then, you know, working on stuff. It was really cool. Definitely a good work experience. So miss those days. Me too. Let's do more of them. Yep. Need to get back into to those other projects once I get out of my uh, my dungeon working on my big release coming up here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, chat looks pretty busy in here. Uh, see a few people are, are talking about uh, RMs and they say quick is the best. Uh, but Dave was saying he's used SQLize, quick, JPA, Hibernate. Um, I've heard of SQLize too. That's a JavaScript one, I think, right? I am not sure. I I didn't even know they had one when I was showing people something about Quick one time. It's like, yeah. oh, it's just like the one in JavaScript. Uh, I thought they said it was SQLized, but maybe not. Yeah, SQLized is a is a JavaScript one. It looks like okay. Yeah, David saying yeah. So, yeah, never yeah, my, done that either. My big one, of course, uh, is Laravel, uh, the PHP framework. So that's a lot of what Quick is based on as well. Yep. So again, no no point in reinventing the wheel. If it's got a nice yeah. platform and structure, why why bother? Because uh, yeah, naming things is hard. Making decisions about things is hard. <laughs> Making it work and not so hard. <laughs> it's been nice to be able to look at source code from there, or even um, source code from other ORMs. Like I've looked into uh, what's the uh, it's not coming to me, the Python one. I'll think about it as soon as we're done here. But being able to look in to see how that uh, all of these other places solve the same problems that I'm needing to figure out. So yeah, no, it's definitely a, a plus. So we can learn from other languages. Okay, so last but not least, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. So these individuals are personally supporting our open source initiatives. And of course, we do have businesses doing that as well, especially when we have our annual memberships where you pay for the entire year and you get 10% off. Um, a lot of people like that because at the end of the year, if they've got a certain budget left and they don't want to waste it, they can uh, throw it at us um, for that. And no one likes monthly payments if you're a business, apparently. So uh, you can do that, pay for the year. <laughs> Um, but yeah, all these things help us uh, do this podcast, but also create things like Command Box, Forge Box, Cold Box, Test Box, and all the infrastructure that's required to have Forge Box actually up and running on the on the web. And so right now we have uh, 39 people paying all of the podcast. So 100% of the podcast is funded, and we're 41% of the way towards covering the Forge Box site, which includes all the public free repos up on S3, etc. Uh, and the servers to maintain it and try and keep it up because trust me one awesome thing about forgebox is that a lot of people are using it now the bad thing is is when it goes down a lot of people are not happy now <laughs> that means we know it's down and we know people are using it so uh so yeah so uh, a lot of time and energy goes into making sure forgebox stays up so all our build processes everywhere are working but uh yep so some perks Basically, if you're a bronze package and up, you get that Forgebox Pro membership uh, subscription and that CFCast subscription as a perk. All Patreon supporters have that profile badge on the community website and a private forum access on the Autos community website too. So, a lot of cool little perks there, and it all goes uh, goes away. 
So sorry, I just looked up and saw the chat. It says it goes down. He never noticed. So Daniel saying that uh, <laughs> Forge Box doesn't go down. <laughs> so I was, sorry, I got worried for a minute. Wait. Like I thought it said it was down. I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Distraction. Sorry about that. But uh, but yeah, so a lot of great support uh, is making it possible for us to do these things like this podcast. And so we want to thank you all. Eric, do you want to do the honor of reading the names today? Sure thing. Thank you to John Wilson at Synaptrix, Don Bellamy, Eric Kaufman, David Bellinger, Dean Monder, Gary Knight, Giancarlo Gomez, Jonathan Perrette, Mario Rodriguez, Jeffrey McGee with Sunstar Media, Yogesh Mathur, Joseph Lamery, Ben Nadal, Brett DeLine, Carl Von Stetten, Charlie Earhart, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, Didier Lisnicki, Edgardo Cabezas, Jan Yannick, Jason Diger, Jeff McLean, Jeremy Adams, Jonas Erickson, Jordan Clark, Kai Koenig, Laxma Titrahadi, Leon Saramelis, Matthew Darby, Matthew Clemente, Mingo Hagen, Patrick Flynn, Ross Phillips, Scott Steinbeck, Sean Oden, Stephanie Monge, and Stephen Klotz. Yep. Thank you to each and every one of you. We appreciate you. Uh, your name should be up on the auto solutions slash about dash us slash sponsors page. So you can see everybody there. And again, patreon.com slash auto solutions to see all the awesome packages and sign up if you would like to support us on Patreon. So looks like a, a pretty active chat today for a, for a not too busy week, but, uh, we thank you everybody for joining us. Uh, Happy end of August and September's here. So hopefully everyone's ready for ITB and hopefully we'll see you all in Texas in a few weeks. See you later. Have a good one, everybody. Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizeordie.io where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty-free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.